Welcome to the Dropship Podcast, where you'll learn how to build and grow a high-ticket dropshipping business and hear stories from successful e-commerce entrepreneurs. Let's kick this thing off. Hey, welcome back to the Dropship Podcast. Uh, it's John here with you today for a solo episode. The John Show is kind of back. Uh, and this one's a little bit different. <clears throat> you might have deduced that from the uh, episode title, 10 Things from 10 Years Mindset. So what is this about? What are we doing here? Well, this year, 2024, if you're listening to this in the future, marks 10 years since I started my first online business, which was also my first ever business and my first high-ticket dropshipping business in that this is the Dropship Podcast. So I started my first business in 2014. Now. I think my journey is very far from over. I have a lot of big things I'd still love to achieve, things I would love to build, things I would love to grow, things I would love to do. But, you know, I, I, am, a, I am the sort of person that gets to time-based milestones and likes to kind of reflect sometimes on, you know, what I've done in that time, how I've changed, where I've come from, where I am at, and where I'm at on my journey thus far. And so 10 years... Um, while not a long time in my view in the grand scheme of things, is certainly a decent amount of time. And so early this year, I was sitting down and I, I, I realized that, I thought about it, um, and I just did a little reflection session um, just for my own personal purposes to think about, well, yeah, look, look how far I've come. I've achieved a lot of the things that I initially set out to achieve when I started my first business. I'm further along and I'm in places that I never thought I would be. And that's really cool, personally. Um, but while doing that, I thought, gee, isn't it interesting, like the changes that I've gone through and the changes to how I think about some things and, and what I think about and all of that sort of stuff from when I first started. And it would probably be interesting to share some of those things with the people who are in our audience here at the Dropship Podcast, people who read our emails, uh, our members in Dropship Breakthrough, because I think there's a lot of things um, when I reflect on the last 10 years that... Um, might be valuable for some people to hear or listen to who are earlier in the process, who are where I was in 2014 or thereabouts, or even at five years uh, in, and um, that are not the things that we usually talk about on the podcast or that I would usually talk about or that are in our courses or anything like that. And so I sat down, I was sitting there, and I started just to jot down some ideas. And I thought, you know, it's 10 years, what are 10 things that I could share with people um, that I think really stick out for me. And in terms of like, where have I come from and where am I now with these things and how has that changed? Um, and I started writing down a list and I thought, well, gee, hang on one. <laughs> I got a lot more than 10 things to say um, or 10 things that I could pull out. But even for some of the individual things on the list, I kind of wanted to share much more than I could share in like one point. This is this thing. I kind of like, there are a few where I kind of thought, well, I could really say 10 things about that thing. Uh, and so that's where we are now. I've, um, throughout this year, 2024, um, I'm going to sprinkle in some uh, episodes here where I share with you this theme of 10 things from 10 years. And there's going to be a few different themes there. So today's theme is going to be about mindset. 
I've got some other themes around the marketing space and strategies and the more typical things that you might expect us to talk about on uh, the Dropship Break, the Dropship Podcast, but also some things that maybe some other things that maybe you didn't expect. Um, <clears throat> I'll also be sending breaking these things down into emails. So if you're on our email list, um, you can definitely um, you'll definitely get these probably with some extra explanation and. and um, uh, positioned in a slightly different way that's more email friendly. Um, if you'd like to be on our email list and get those emails, all you have to do is head to our website, dropshipbreakthrough.com, uh, and you'll find a way that you can join our email list there. So in doing, in talking about this stuff, I, I want to be very clear that I'm sharing these things not to pretend that I know everything in the areas that I'm going to talk about. In, in my view, my journey is still ongoing. I'm still very much learning on a daily basis and I'm seeking to improve myself, just like hopefully everybody who listens to this podcast is. So my intention here is simply to share with you some thoughts for you to consider and see how they sit with you uh, and where you're at in your journey. Uh, and you may find and my hope is that some of these things you will be able to adopt for yourself. Uh, if you're earlier in the journey, they should help to speed up your journey, to make progress more quickly, to remove some of the blocks that might be in your way. Um, or you may completely disagree with me altogether, and that's totally fine. Um, <clears throat> you may also have heard people say some or many of the things that I talk about uh, in this episode and, and subsequent episodes along this theme. And if you do, that should really spur you to pay more attention. The more you hear people who have achieved some of the things that you would like to say, like to do, say the same thing, the more important that thing should become to you. Hey, if you've been thinking about starting your high ticket dropshipping journey with us here at Dropship Breakthrough, but you've got questions, you're unsure about what's inside the course, you're unsure if it's right for you, or you just love to hear from the experience of, of our students, you can jump on a free call right now with a member of our team who is also a Dropship Breakthrough student and successful high-ticket dropshipper to talk about all of those things. Just head to dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash call and book your call today. On to the first 10 things from 10 years. And, and the first topic, and this is one of the bigger ones that were on my list where I thought, wow, I can really say more than, that's just not one thing for me. Uh, is mindset. Uh, and so why mindset? Once again, this is one of the things that I don't really talk about that much or we haven't talked about that much to this point on the Dropship podcast. Uh, I think that's going to change in the future and I think Ben and I have hinted towards that previously and we certainly have some ideas around that, I think. Um, but why mindset and why am I starting there? Uh, look, to be honest, I don't really like the word mindset. Uh, I think it's overused and I find that when terms are overused, uh, particularly in entrepreneurial circles, they tend to lose their meaning or they end up meaning a range of different things to different people. And it can sometimes be a bit confusing. Well, what are you actually talking about? So I'm going to tell you, and I know if you go onto Google and search up, what's the definition of mindset? You will get a definition of that word. Um, but I want to tell you what I think mindset means. So to me, mindset means what you think about and how you think about it or how you think about things and what you think about. When I started coming up with my original 10 things from 10 years list, uh, the importance of mindset, what you think about and how you think about it or how you think about things 
was number one on the list. It's the most important thing to me. Looking back on the last 10 years, the biggest thing, the biggest thing I've changed, I've done, I've made improvements in that has had the biggest impact on where I find myself after 10 years and I believe going into the future as well, if I did this again at 20 years, I truly believe I would say the same thing is changes that I've made to the way I think about things and the things that I do spend time thinking about that occupy my mind. And so that's why I'm starting this series here. And so I'm going to share 10 mindset related or 10 mindset things with you um, for you to think about, uh, for you to say, well, where do I sit with that? Where does that sit with me? Uh, I, I'm there. I, I understand what John's saying. Uh, and I'm going to look into that. Or you might just say, yeah, I get what John's saying. I already think about that. Fantastic. Tick that box. These are things that I think have impacted my journey. Um, and that I believe from talking to uh, hundreds and hundreds of our students, even more people outside of that who are not in dropship breakthrough, but are trying to build a business over the years that I think help also help a lot of people. Everybody is different though. We all think in different ways. We all come from different life experiences. Um, we are all conditioned in different ways. And so the extent to which you may need to consider these things or work through these things yourself might, is going to be different for everybody. And that's fine. There are also many different ways that you can think like work through some of these things that you can improve how you think, what you think about. There is not one way to do it all. And so my hope with this episode is that you come away from listening to this with the realization that there is work for you to do here. And if you take nothing else away and you start taking some actions, any actions there, then to me, this process is a success. So let's dive into the list. I'm going to go through these in an order of one to 10. Now, aside from number one, which is the most important thing on this list, I believe, they are in no particular order. I'm not saying one is more important than the other. They are just 10 things that have been important for me. So the first one, number one, how you think and what you think about is the key to your success. So just let that sink in a little bit. I didn't say what business model you pursue. I didn't say what marketing you implement. I didn't say what experience you have or how much money you have, where you are starting from. You are the biggest roadblock to your own success. Not other people, not other businesses. You are going to build your business. You are going to launch your business. You are going to make all the decisions. You're going to go in the beginning to serve your customers. So how you think and what you think about are going to influence how you do all of those things. So unfortunately, we all come to building and starting a business and to the business world, the world of being an entrepreneur, with mental conditioning that has been built into us from earlier stages in our lives. Uh, you know, we, we, we become an adult and the things that we initially think are in a large part driven by our parents, our broader families, from schooling, from our interactions with society, from TV even, and the things that we paid attention to at earlier stages of our lives. 
you hear the same things again and again and again, and it gets drilled into your mind of that's the way things are. That's the way I start out thinking about things. And shock horror, you know, the average mental conditioning that the average person is subjected to will have things in it that are unhelpful or a hindrance to business success, right? And hence, the vast majority of people don't start businesses. And while they may dream of having the sort of outcomes that a successful business owner can experience, they never experience it themselves. And it's not because they can't do it or they're not capable of doing it. It's because their mindset, what they think about and how they think about is not allowing them to take the first step. And even if they take the first step, oftentimes it doesn't allow them to push past the challenges that they need to push past to find success. Oftentimes, that's because I, I believe most people don't even think about this. They don't even realize that um, the conditioning that they've been subjected to earlier in their life and they, they come to adult life with uh, is, is affecting them. People, most people don't think about how they think or what they think about in a proactive way and think about changing that to reverse the things that are going on in your mind that are not helping you, that are a hindrance. And yes, you can change, you know, the, the conditioning, the, the thought processes that you come to adult life with. So what are some examples of this? So generally, people are conditioned to think that risk is bad. And that we should live life, a life as free of risk as possible, that we should always take the safe route. Once again, if you believe that, you are very unlikely to be successful in business. We're conditioned to think that money is scarce and that we should save as much as we can in case it all runs out. In case the big, you know, nasty event happens that we don't even sometimes really know what that is, but we're afraid of it. And we need to have it all in the bank. And that's the way that you uh, find wealth is saving. Uh, once again, if you think that money is scarce, it's very hard to put yourself in a position where you're prepared to spend money in order to be successful. We're conditioned to think that people who are very successful, that we see out there in the world and we think, wow, wouldn't it be great to do that? Do what they do, be like them, experience what they experience. We're conditioned to think that those people who live a, an apparent life of abundance are lucky or special or have some unique ideas or skills. Now, occasionally they may have skills that most other people don't have, but none of that is actually true. And so all of the, these things, and that, that list could go on. Those are just three examples. So if you accept the above conditioning and beliefs, you're always going to struggle to be successful in business. If you believe those things, it doesn't matter what marketing you know about or what knowledge you've read in a book or what course you take. You're going to have heaps of trouble actually putting it into, pro into practice. And so, you know, this list could go on, this, this number one could go on, but it doesn't need to. What you need to take away from this, what I would love you to take away, if nothing else from the rest of this podcast episode, is that you should prioritize recognizing, changing, and optimizing what goes on in your head. 
And yes, that means sometimes you should spend money where necessary to do so. It's literally the best investment you can make. Now, in the beginning, it's very easy to think about, well, I'll, I'll find some success and then I'll work on that kind of stuff, right? I just need to make some sales. I just need to launch my business. I don't need to worry about that sort of stuff. Or alternatively, and this is where I started, by the way, uh, before I got into business, that mindset stuff is just all woo-woo bullshit. I'm good. That was John in 2013, let's say. Now, if that last one is in your mind, if you're, if you're experiencing resistance hearing John talk to you about this um, and you're thinking, no, nah, I'm good, I'm good, that automatically means you should be thinking about it, in my opinion. I, and I say that simply just from my own experience. Um, when I started to come to this realization that um, I needed to change things about myself, uh, and about what goes on in my head, about how I think about things. It, and it took a while. I'm not saying it happened overnight for me. There was no one light bulb moment. For me, it was more of, I think, a, a gradual realization. Um, and a gradual realization that just by practicing business, some things were starting to change for me. Um, I started, I, I realized, whoa, okay, that's not how I used to think about things. But I, and I need to change that. I thought this was all nonsense, uh, you know, like all airy fairy kind of nonsense, but it's really not. I need to change things. And so if you find yourself like John, please set that aside and actually have a think about this. Have a look at this and keep listening as we go through here. Working on how and what you think should be your number one priority, the top of your action item list. And that should never change. In, in at least not a, until you get as far as I'm in 10 years. And I don't think it's going to change for me either. As you continue through this um, episode, you should uncover some ideas and ways that you can do that. Like I say, there is no one way. This doesn't mean you have to go and spend tons of money to do this. It doesn't mean that there's any secrets here. There are lots of different small things that you can be doing. I just want you to think about being proactive and do something, anything. Start doing something. Whatever you do, don't dismiss this. Number two, it's not going to happen quickly and it shouldn't. Get used to it. So in the beginning, when you're first starting up your business, uh, many people will lock themselves into artificial timeframes. It's easy to hear stories about people who apparently just made it in a month or two and believe that that's normal or that that actually really happened. You know, the... You know, one of the great advents of the 2000s, of course, social media um, means there's a lot of people out there sharing stories about success, which are sometimes complete fabrications or oftentimes very misleading about what the path, if they actually did experience results, people, how they actually got there, how long did it take? It's very easy to look at people and think, well, that just happened to that person and they're really successful. That should be what happens for me too. And so you can get in a mindset, I think, that it's actually possible for you to be successful in a very short period of time. And while I can't pretend that unicorns don't exist, they do. They're one in a million. There are absolutely businesses, very few businesses, but it does happen that explode out of nowhere in no time at all or seemingly do. 
Many of those also implode just a couple of years later, just as quickly. You never hear about the founders again. And to be honest, I've seen this multiple times in, in the time that I've been in business. You know, sometimes they implode because they didn't actually learn how to uh, run their business. They didn't have time to build the systems or lay the groundwork to support their scale. And it all just falls apart. Some do hold it together. And sometimes you hear about those. You never hear so much about the ones that fell away. In my opinion, and something I've come to realize is that I think great and lasting businesses are built over time. They don't happen overnight. And I don't think they should happen overnight. You know, we, we kind of get conditioned to believe that fast is good. And in business, that's not always the case. Taking time to build a business a bit more slowly, to build a foundation, to understand who you serve is actually something I think you should strive for. You know, over recent years, I think fast success and fast failure tend to be celebrated and largely misunderstood, particularly failure and what that means and how it should be thought about. It's almost like failure has um, become something that you should celebrate. And to be honest, it's not. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, failure is not something that you should fear. It does happen. We all fail at things. I've failed at multiple things I've tried in my lifetime, in my business experience, in the last 10 years. Um, you should still avoid it at all costs if you can. The opportunity cost of failure is massive underappreciated and misunderstood. You know, so when we think about time, you know, I'll ask you a question. If I told you it's going to take you two years to build and grow a high-ticket dropshipping business to the point where it would replace your current income plus a bit more, would that turn you off? Now, if, if for you, if when I ask you that question, you think of your answer, if the answer is anything other than an empathetic no, emphatic no, I should say, your mindset around time is off, in my opinion. Two years is actually not a long time. We're talking here about you doing something that is going to change the rest of your life, could change the rest of your children's lives, who are likely to be quite a bit younger than you. And you aren't actually willing to invest just two years to do that. The average person who's listening to this under the age of 40 um, is likely to be able to live in pretty good health to at least 100 years of age, probably more. I think some of the improvements around health span and lifespan that are coming in the next 10 years are fairly mind-boggling in my, in my opinion. Now, that doesn't mean that everybody will want to live for that long. That's fine. And not everybody will look after themselves to enable that. But if you want to, that's possible. So what's a few years? out of that length of time. It's nothing. It's barely even uh, recognizable. And so if you're sitting there and you're early in your journey, and I certainly was like this, I thought, man, I need to get to X number in X amount of time. And if I don't, then there's something wrong with what I'm doing. There's something wrong with me if I don't do that. Um, and I'm, I'm going to have to change what I'm doing and I'm going to have to knee-jerk reaction because I didn't get to X number of dollars in X amount of time. These are not good expectations or good thoughts or a good mindset to have. You need to find a way to get comfortable that it will take as long as it takes. It will take as long as it needs to take. And that's different for everybody. 
I've seen hundreds of people build and launch and grow online businesses. And at no point, there are some things very early in the journey, like how long does it take you to set up and launch a website that are consistent among people, fairly consistent. But in terms of when people reach markers of success for them, there is no consistency. For some people, it takes 12 months. For some people, it takes 24 months. For some people, it takes 18 months. For some people, it takes whatever it takes, different numbers. The reality is it doesn't matter. None of those people who reach the point where they're starting to hit some of the um, goals that they wanted in the beginning, at no point do they look back and go, oh man, I'm so sad and disappointed that it only that it took me 12 months to get to this point or it took me 24 months or it took me three years. I don't sit here after 10 years um, and look back and say, oh man, I wish I had got here in three years. That would have been like, I feel bad about that. Um, so I want you to think about what are your, what, where do you sit on time and what time you're prepared to spend to get to where you want to go? And if it's a short space of time, certainly if it's less than one year, you need to have a think about why is that? What does it matter if it actually takes me longer? Why is that a problem? Um, and I think you need to move your thinking and your expectations and your mindset to a place where time doesn't matter. I have enough time and you do have enough time. Anybody listening to this has enough time. Time doesn't matter. What matters is progress, doing the work and believing that you will get to where you want to get to and the time won't matter. Number three, third on the list, you exist in business to solve problems. Embrace it. So we're generally taught in life to avoid problems. Now, here's the thing, though, with that. The businesses that solve the most widely felt and the biggest problems win the biggest. You're in business, any business, not just high-ticket dropshipping, you're in business to solve problems for people. Customers are coming to you to help them solve a problem that they have. The solution to that problem provides the outcome that they're looking for. And when you're in an e-commerce business, you're selling an outcome. It's easy to think you're just selling a product, but you're actually selling somebody is an outcome that that product, the product is the solution to the problem. But the customer is real. What's in their mind is the outcome. And so you are in the business of solving problems. And so you have to get in the mindset and you have to be in the mindset that problems are a good thing and you should go looking for problems. Right now, you know, what that means is don't, you know, if you're thinking of starting a business, I'll, I'll use it in the in the case of um, market selection or niche selection, when you're starting a high ticket dropshipping business, the trap that a lot of people fall into, and I think I thought this way in the beginning as well, is I wanna find a niche with the less, least potential problems in it. I wanna find the one that looks like it's gonna be the easiest for me to get started in and it's gonna be the smoothest journey. Uh, and I thought that when I did it, when I did this the first time back in 2014, and I got it completely wrong. 
I ended up in a business that I did make work. Yes, it was it was hard. It was real hard. Cost a lot more than I thought it was going to cost. Um, but I, I tried to choose products that I thought would be really easy to ship and they were very simple products. They didn't have any moving parts. They didn't have complex electronics. You know, all this, I thought about all this sort of stuff and I thought, what's what's the path of least resistance here? You know, and that niche, while it did meet that sort of desire from the outside, once I got into it, there are a range of things that I could never have known um, that, you know, existed within that market because, you know, it was so easy. It was very competitive and everybody wants to sell those products because everybody has that mindset. And the people I see oftentimes with high ticket dropshipping and other businesses are the people who actually find things that from the outside look a little bit harder to sell, look a little bit more challenging have bigger problems that they solve or have problems in the customer journey that the business owners have gone and solved and they're the only people who are putting the effort and the time and being proactive about solving those problems. So whenever you're thinking about your business and how to grow your business, you should be thinking about what problems can I find to solve for people, not how can I find something to sell that will have no problems associated with it? And I don't mean that to say you should go out and find really crappy products that fall apart uh, after being used for a month and find a way to sell those. I mean, you know, if you've got a good product, but it's difficult to ship, find a solution. There is one out there. Find a solution to making it work for your customer and your customer will reward you. Or maybe there are problems that customers experience in the customer journey to buy your product, right? In finding the right product, in choosing the right product, in understanding the right product, in doing all of this. Solve all of those problems throughout your customer's journey. And the more you do that, the more you do that, and the better you do that than your competition, the better you're gonna do in business and the more successful you're going to be. And so I think one of, my big uh, mindset shifts over the last 10 years and, and something that Ben and I talk about on this podcast in the last two years repeatedly is talking about how like finding problems for your customer that your customer experiences and solving those. So solve problems. Don't look for the easy route. You don't have to love solving problems. You don't have to love problems. You don't have to love doing it but I promise you will love the results that flow from solving people's problems. Number four, you probably heard this one on the podcast before. I'm gonna say it again. Do the fucking work and do it consistently. So I get it, doing the work sucks. And what do I mean when I say the work? The work is all of the smaller, repetitive, um, time-consuming, manual things, the things you don't like, the unsexy things in business. That's the work. But that's where, that's where the gold is. It's not in the one big thing that you think you're going to do that's going to blow your business up overnight and make you an overnight success story. That's not the work. 
And yes, those things might come along from time to time. There might be that big thing you do it once and you get a bit of a bump from it. You get a bigger bump from it than you get than everything else. But those things are not going to come along often. Your business is not going to be built on those things. Your business is going to be built on the fact that you did the work. People who succeed, people ask all the time, What's the difference between people who succeed and people who don't? Now, Ben and I, and probably, um, you know, people that uh, take our calls now from people who are looking to get into dropshipping get this question all the time, right? What's the difference between people who are successful and people who are not? And we look at people, people who run dropshipping businesses, high ticket dropshipping businesses who are in our membership, who we can see inside their business a little bit and see what they're actually doing. The people who are there after 12 months, who are there after 24 months, who are there after three years still doing well. What is the difference? This is it. They do the fucking work and they do it consistently and they're prepared to do it with a good view of time, thinking back to one of my earlier points. They're just going to do it. There's no end point. They're just on the journey. They're doing the work. You have to do it. And the more consistently you can do it, for longer, the better you're going to do. And so you have to be mentally prepared to do that. If doing the boring shit every day turns you off, then quit. It's the end of the line. You have to embrace the things that suck. Now, I'm not going to go all David Goggins here, but that's reality. And I'm here right now. If you're sitting there listening to John thinking, oh, man, yeah, you might be sitting there listening at this point going, fuck, what the fuck is this guy on about? That's fine. But if you're sitting there listening, I'd love to be doing stuff, business, being you know, being successful, living the life I want to live in 10 years' time, in five years' time. You know, I'm here right now because I do the work and I do it way more consistently than almost anybody else. That's it. I'm not extra smart. Ben's not extra smart. We don't know things you can't know. We just do the work that needs to be done. And so your success rests on your ability to turn up time after time after time, day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, especially when you don't want to. And most of the time, you're not going to want to. Do you think I want to be here right now? Do you think I wouldn't rather be out surfing or hanging out with my kids or traveling without having to think about business or whatever it might be? No, I don't want to be here more than doing those things. And yet I'm here and I'm here often and I'm doing the things that do enable me to do those other things less frequently than I do this thing. Now, I could go and do all that stuff and do nothing right. Nothing on business right now. I don't even have to record this podcast. I'm probably still going to make money for a while, but I'm here doing the work because I know that recording this podcast, sending out the emails that will follow this podcast is going to pay off in three, six, 12 months. It's still going to be paying off for me in 24 months' time in all sorts of ways. You know, most people will follow their desires. Most people can't focus. Most people have very short attention spans. Most people fucking quit when the work gets hard, when they don't want to do it anymore, when it gets boring, right? They tell themselves that 
your time on this planet should own, be, be about only doing the things that you want to do. I should just flit around like a little bird and do things that I find fun. Bullshit. If you think that's you, if that's what you think, you're going to be stuck in a rut for the entirety of your life and you're not actually going to get to spend all of that time doing the things that you want to do. So you have to, where this relates back to mindset is you have to put yourself in a mindset of I get to do the work. This is what it, I think the shift that happened for me is in the beginning, I used to think, oh man, I have to do the work. Do I have to? You know, I've, oh, I've got 500 products to upload and I can't pay somebody else to do it for me. Uh, I've got to do it though because if I do it, you know, maybe I'll make more money. Fuck, it sucks. I'll go and procrastinate on this thing. I'll distract myself with that thing. If you think about the work like you have to do it, you're automatically not going to want to do it. The shift that you need to make is from I have to to I get to. Doing the work and doing the work consistently is a good thing. It's a privilege. You get to do it. You getting to do the work also means that you get to enjoy the rewards, the outcomes that will flow from doing the work. If you don't do the work, you never get to enjoy the same rewards. Right? So your success lies in the journey, not the end point. You don't have to love it. You just have to do it. And if you want to hear more about like what do we mean when we say do the work and Ben and I have done live presentations at our live events talking about this stuff. There's episodes on this podcast. If you look back that are titled do the work and then we talk about a portion of what the work is, right? Go and listen to those, listen to us, talk about those things. Um, but get comfortable with the idea that you're going to do the work and you're going to do it for a long time. And if you hate it, that's fine. Just do it. Do it anyway. Number five, it's all your fault. So this is going to be a tough one for a lot of people to hear and it's a tough one for me to talk about. Um, and I think this is going to trigger a lot of resistance and disagreement from people. Now, that's okay with me. In my opinion, it's still true. So where you find yourself at any point in your life is your fault. You can't blame it on anyone or anything else. You choose how you respond to everything that happens to you. Now, this is hard to say because some truly terrible things occur in life to people. And I don't want to minimize that. What I'm saying here does not change that fact. Terrible things occur. But what you do next, how you react and how you respond to those things is always in your control. Always. Your choices may be exceptionally difficult, but it's still always your choice. Your choice will determine what happens to you next and into the future. And so where you find yourself at the end of any situation or after any situation is your fault. Now, this is a good thing. When you blame other people or other things for where you are right now, you lose your power. You give up control. You give up power over your life and you give it to someone else. You allow them to own where you're going. 
And once you give up your power, it's very difficult for you to change things. On the flip side, if you take ownership of where you are right now, if you take ownership when things go wrong, if you accept responsibility for the things that you control, yourself and your actions, how you react in any situation, you retain power. If it's your fault, then it's also within your power to change, to change the situation, to change yourself, to do things differently, to be better, to influence others around you to be better, or just simply to remove yourself from anything. I think amateurs blame other people or other factors. I think professionals take control and accept responsibility. So you think I put this, it's always sometimes easy to put things into a sporting frame. I think it's something that a lot of people understand. Now, when the kicker on a football team misses, you know, the crucial kick, it would have won the game, would have won the championship. They're a team lost by a point. They don't go away and say, oh, well, if the wind wasn't blowing in that direction, I would have made it. It'd be different next time. You know, it'll just be different. It's not my fault. It's the wind's fault, you know. That's not what they say. They say, you know, shit, I should have anticipated that. I should have been better. I'm going to go away now and make sure that I practice that kick over and over again until I just don't miss it. Or I'm going to go away and learn how to change my action so I never miss it again. I'm going to find what I did wrong to make me miss that kick. And then they go and do it. They know it's their fault that they missed. And that's how they get better, by accepting, I should have kicked that no matter what the external factors. And now I need to go and work out how if I'm ever in that situation again, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be successful. And so how does this play out in business? Well, I think back on my own journey and think about how I used to think at the start. And I would think something like, you know, if I had a bad month, I would try and find reasons for that, of course, you know, if I had a bad month, so let's say sales were down and I didn't make enough money or I was in a tough financial position because I didn't make enough money, you know, I would say something like, oh, look, I had a bad month because this competitor over here ran a massive sale and there's nothing I could do about that. They did it. I didn't know they were going to do it. How could I have anticipated that, right? I'm, they won't do that next month though, so I should be right. That's how I used to, I blame, we blame. We've so many people today try to find blame for situations that affect them. I blame it on this. I blame it on that. If that wasn't that way, things would be different. You know, uh, drop shipping would have worked if all the suppliers had have said yes, but they didn't. So now I'm out. That thinking that way automatically closes you off to all solutions to the situation. It closes you off to making progress. It closes you off to so many opportunities that are actually out there to change, to stop that thing from happening again in the future. If I think about how would I think about that situation now, I would say something like, yeah, look, that really sucks. I had a bad month. Yep. That business running a sale was probably a factor. Now, I think if I had, have had, a, if I had a stronger offer on my site for customers, I wouldn't have been so affected when my competitor runs a sale. I need to work on that immediately. 
So I would accept that I had not put my business in a position where it wasn't going to be affected by those things as much and that I need to build a better business to prevent that from happening in the future. And so immediately I can go and look at, well, what are all the things I can do now to make my business, put my business in a position so that I'm never affected when a, when a competitor runs a sale or not significantly affected, or at least not affected as much as I was that time. Because I've kept the power of the situation with me, I'm automatically predisposed to go and look for the solutions, to go and look for the changes, to go and look for the improvements. Whereas if I just blamed it on another business doing something, right? I'm not open to improvements. My mind is not open to improvements at that point. So always think about bad thing happened. It's my fault. What can I do next? How do I react to that? How, like, am I going to blame somebody or am I going to take responsibility and see what I can do to make sure that I'm not there again or that my business isn't there again or that my relationships aren't there again? Because if you just hope that it's going to be different next time, it ain't going to be. It's going to be the same again and again and again. Number six, small actions break big fears. So, you know, wouldn't be, wouldn't be talking about mindset if we didn't talk about fears and fears holding us back. Uh, everybody experiences fear uh, in relation to, oh, just in life, everybody experiences fear, but in relation to business. There are things that can happen or, you know, things that we're afraid of, that we, they're, we're fearful of as we go through our business journey. And those fears are a very real possibility to hold you back from doing things that you know you should do, that you need to do in order to be, to grow your business, to take the next step, to get better. Now, everybody experiences fear regardless of success. Your fears are not unique. Your fears are not special. As humans, we all experience very similar fears. They never go away. They never do for anybody, I don't think. People who you think have no fears, you know, I think sometimes I talk to people and they're like, well, you've been doing this for so long. When you call supplies, you mustn't get nervous about that at all. You must just, you know, you're obviously doing really well. It must be really easy. I'm, I'm really fearful about calling supplies, you know. I'll tell you right now, I experience fear. Do I experience it in the same way that I did the first time I did it? No, but it's still there. People who you think have no fears have really just found a way to live with that fear, to manage it, to recognize the fear, to put it to one side and do the things they need to do anyway. And that's what you need to do. I personally experience fear of failure, fear of social interactions, fear of rejection, imposter syndrome regularly. Uh, still, after 10 years of doing this stuff, this business, online business stuff, yet I'm still here doing it and I'm still doing bigger and bigger things. Now, how? How do I get past fears? Now, there, once again, how you learn to recognize your fears because that's the first step. You've actually got to recognize it. You've got to recognize, you've got to discover where that comes from. You've got to discover what, how to, um, what to do when you find yourself in a situation where you're feeling that. How do you manage that? There are many ways you can do that. 
actually. There are people you can work with to help you to do that. Um, and certainly, if you look in the links uh, below any of our podcast episodes, we've got some great resources in there uh, that you can access to help you with um, mindset and mindfulness. And there's, you know, uh, people that can help you with your fears. Uh, but for me, I think one of the ways that I have dealt with fears is by just taking really small steps towards the thing that I'm fearful of. You know, so one thing that people are uh, often experience fear around, fear of rejection, um, fear of failure is around calling supplies for their high ticket dropshipping business. You know, it's kind of the first time that you're going to put yourself out there with your business. It's the first time that you might face somebody telling you no. And if everybody tells you no, then your business isn't going to go anywhere and that idea is going to have failed and you're going to have to go right back to square one and you've put in all this work and you don't really want to do that, right? If you're listening, put your hand up if you've ever felt that. Uh, very few people don't feel that at all to any extent. And so you're looking and you're like, oh, I'm fearful of that and I've got this list of 30 people I've got to call and it's such a big list. We'll just call one. Start with just one call. Make your goal for this week to call one supplier. Just one. That's all you have to do. Call one supplier. Then call the next supplier. You don't even need to get a yes on your first call. It doesn't matter. All you have to do is call. Say hi. You know, break it down. Just break things that I find. And once again, this you know, is not going to be the only thing you need to do to overcome a fear. And it's not going to be the thing for every situation. But I find that, you know, breaking things I feel resistance around, if, if they can be broken down into components, then um, it can be a lot easier to work through. I used to do a lot of public speaking pre-business. I used to speak in front of large groups of people. You know, if you're if you've got to, if you're fearful of speaking to a thousand people, then start by speaking to one person. Give your speech to one person. Can you give it to ten people? Can you gradually work up to through bigger and bigger groups and get com more and more comfortable as you do it? So reduce the outcome size of the action that you need to take and reduce the steps. So break a big thing that you're a big mountain, what feels like a big mountain that you have to climb and the, and the fear associated with that. Break, if you can, break it down into a series of smaller, less overwhelming tasks and break your outcomes down into, you know, fewer and small, like more and smaller outcomes as well. And so if you do that, then I think if some of those don't work out, you don't, you know, it's not such a bad thing. You're not going to feel as overwhelmed by it. You know, in the beginning, you know, if you've got a big supplier list, you don't have to call the suppliers. You don't have to get all approved by all the suppliers, right? That feels like if you've got a list of 50 suppliers, and you're like, oh man, I really, I heard somebody said you, you need lots of suppliers and, oh, I need at least 20 of these and, wow, that feels like a really big mountain. I'm feeling, 
you know, a bit of anxiety around that. You don't need to do that. You just need to get approved with one supplier. That's all you got to do. Get approved with one supplier. Fine. Work out the rest later. That's okay. That's a massive leap. You know, that's success. Right? To me, I'm telling you that. I would I would call that success. So just just do that. Start there. That's all you got to do. Call one supplier today. Worry about the rest later. Because once you do the one, you learn something about doing it. And fear is based often on the unknown. You don't know how those supply calls are going to, what they're going to be like. And really, you don't know what are the range of responses you're going to get. You don't know what people are going to say. And so you imagine that they're going to say no, and you start to imagine what they will feel like. And that drives and fuels your fear because it's unknown, right? You take one small step, you know something more about that thing. You realize it's not so bad. It actually wasn't as challenging. Um, and even if you got to know, what did that really feel like? It didn't feel great, but it also didn't feel that bad. You're still breathing, you're still alive. You're right where you were before. Things are okay. Easier to make the next call. Just make one more. Resistance goes down a little bit more. It never goes away, but it goes down. And so then you can take the next step and do a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Number seven, sacrifice is good. You must sacrifice. You will sacrifice. So we're often taught that sacrifice is, I think, certainly me, I came up with the the notion that sacrificing something was often a negative. It's always had like a negative kind of implication in my mind, that word. Uh, There are others like it, um, I think, where we can be conditioned to think of that thing in a negative way, which selfishness is another word, which often uh, leads us to avoiding things that we shouldn't avoid. And I think sacrificing is one of those things that we need to reframe our thinking around often. Not everybody, but oftentimes we do. To be successful and to have long-term success, it's likely that you're going to have to sacrifice parts of your personal or professional life to make way for what you need to do. Now, this can be real hard, but it is necessary. Most people, and certainly me, as much as anybody, if not more than most people, have practices, behaviors, interests, or relationships that are not conducive to long-term business success, or at the very least will hold them back from where they could ultimately go. You really can't have your cake and eat it too, right? And yet, even when people know this, it can be very hard to give the things up that you need to give up. And yet you need to. If you're doing this, if you're successful in business for five years, I find it very hard to believe that you will have the same circle of friends that you do right now if you're right at day one. Or that your personal relationships are going to look, they're, they're going to change. Before I got into business or when I got into business, I had a group of friends. I used to go out with that group of friends a lot. 
I used to drink a lot of alcohol, used to party a lot, probably do some other things, um, you know, and I used to think I was having a good time. And that carried on after I started my business. And, you know, I was finding some success. It's not to say that there are things in your life that will stop you from experiencing any success. Sometimes there are, but they're almost certainly going to hold you back from what you could be and the, and the, the you know, uh, heights you could get to. Drinking excessive alcohol is one of those things. And there's probably somebody listening to this who wants to argue that point with me and say, oh, I'm successful and I drink all the time. You're not as successful. Quite literally, you cannot think properly when you're drinking alcohol or for days after you drink alcohol. Uh, very well researched, uh, not really open to debate. Um, and yet I was doing that all the time. And I was struggling at times to turn up in my business. You know, after a big weekend partying on Monday morning, you're not sitting down and putting in your best effort into growing your business on Monday morning or Monday evening. If you're still working a day job, you're certainly not because that partying set you back physically and mentally. And then you had to work all day and now you're just exhausted. How are you going to grow your business? Right? So if that's, that was me. And at some point I just realized I can't keep doing this shit and, and, and sustain a business. As well as in the beginning, I was working a day job also and trying to be a good husband and a good parent, right? So that stuff needed to go. The problem for me at the time was, of course, most of my personal relationships, my best friends, good friends, were people that I did that thing with as well. And I had been since I was a kid or a teenager. And it was very hard to maintain those relationships while taking out the partying and the alcohol and that sort of thing. I'm not saying it was impossible. And so gradually over, yes, over the course of years in my case, all of those personal relationships changed. Some of those people I haven't seen for years intentionally because that was the only way I could change my behaviors. I could sacrifice. So I sacrificed personal relationships and practices, and at the time it felt like I was sacrificing those things. Now looking back, I think it's the best thing I've ever done in my life, almost. Um, and it doesn't feel like a sacrifice now, but at the time it did. And so I think it's important and it's good for you to sit there and think about what are all the things I do that, or what are the relationships I have? If there are people in your life, and look, the relationships, one is the hardest bit. It really is the hardest bit. And I'm not suggesting that to be successful, you have to cut off all personal relationships and not socially interact and do all that. That's not what I'm saying. You need to change your relationships from relationships that are negative, particularly from how and what you think about. You know, um, you'll have probably have people in your life who when you talk to them about building a dropshipping business, they go, no, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. Now, they may come from a place of care for you and that sort of thing, but that is not going to help you one little bit. That person is not going to support you through this journey. And so you either have to change that relationship and minimize that thinking in your life, or if you can, move on. But 
Don't move on to nothing. Move on and find new relationships. Replace those things that you sacrifice, that you gave up, with things that do support your journey. And so for me, yes, I, I gave up quite a few friends that, you know, I mean, I would still talk to them if I saw them and all of that sort of thing and we'd probably have a good chat, but they're not somebody that I seek out to spend time with proactively. I have new friends. I have new best friends. And they are people who are striving to achieve the same things as me in some way. And so when we talk, I have positive interactions. We share ideas. We help each other. We understand each other because we're going through the same things. And so, you know, once again, this is different for everybody. We're all at different places in life. You're at a different place to where I was most likely and you, you do different things. You experience different things. That's cool. Sit down and think though. Like if you've got things going on in your life that, you know, take up your, you need time to build a business. So there is just some reality here. If you have a day job, which most people do when they start here, most of the people listening to this podcast will. In fact, you may be listening to this podcast while you're at work and cheers to you. Good on you. Thank you. You're going to go home and you got a few hours in the evening to build your business. Or maybe you get up earlier in the morning and you build your business then. And you're going to keep doing that until you get to a point where you can quit your job. And as we talked about time earlier, that might be 12 months. That might be longer. It might be shorter too, but it might not be. You have to be prepared that it's going to be longer. Like I said, you got to get comfortable with that idea, right? And that's okay if it's longer. So when are you building your business? Well, guess what? If you're sitting on your butt for three hours a night watching Netflix, it's got to go. You've got to sacrifice that in order for you to build your business. And that's okay. That's a good sacrifice to make. It may not feel good and it doesn't have to feel good, but it is good. Because if you make that sacrifice now and you be consistent and you do the fucking work for the next 12 months or 24 months or whatever the time frame is going to be for you, you go full time working on your business, you'll get that time back to do what you want with it. And maybe you might want to go back to, you'll do your business during the day and watch Netflix for three hours at night. That's a win. If that's what you want to do, you might find at that point in time that you've got other ideas in your head um, and you've got other things you want to do. But you've got to make that sacrifice in the beginning. And so for me, it was sacrificing going out and partying with the boys on the weekend or even during the week sometimes. I gave that up and I could have gone back to it. But I never did, you know, because I learned and discovered a whole bunch of other more positive behaviors and relationships along the way that I wouldn't give up for the world now. Number eight, there is always more money and there are always more customers. So I mentioned at the start, one of the things we're conditioned to believe uh, in a lot of for a lot of people is that money is scarce and that you have to protect it. You have to hold on to it because it might run out. It can run out. And this is going to be a challenging one, particularly if you're somebody who feels the pinch at the moment, who doesn't have a lot of money. It can feel like money is scarce. I've been there in my life. I'm not going to deny that at all. Um, that's where I was. I was brought up to believe that you, the way you get wealthy is by saving money, you know, by putting away as much as you can every month and building up your bank account and 
doing all of that sort of thing. And I think that's driven largely by the fact that we're mostly all brought up in a situation where we're reliant on other people for money, as in you got to have a job. That's how you get money. To have a job, you're reliant on somebody else giving you money. You're not making it for yourself. Somebody else created the opportunity for you to be there doing something that in return for your time, you get money. For me, I think where that shift came was to, well, where did it shift to is now that when I think about money, I don't think it's scarce. I think there is always more money. And if I am short of money, I know that I will make more money and that I can make more money at any point in time. There is always a way to make money. Once you know how to, like humans create money, most of the money that we talk about money, it's in your bank account, it doesn't even exist anyway, right? You get a mortgage for a house, that money doesn't exist. It's not some that somebody set aside the massive amount of money you got loaned to you to buy a house and it's just sitting there. That, that money isn't there. It's just kind of created. It's numbers on paper, right? We create money. There's always more money. The trick is that um, you have often at the beginning, you haven't seen how you can make more money. You haven't seen that you can make more money. And so the same with customers. There's always more customers in your market. In the beginning, when you first launch your business, you're like, oh, you feel this insane pressure to close every single sale and you've got to give up discounts and whatnot to get customers, even though it means that you're not making money on individual orders and things like that. Like there's those customers are suddenly not going to come and so you've got to get scraped together whatever you can now kind of thing. Um, there's always more customers as well as more money. And so... I think the problem with thinking that money is scarce is that in turn, you won't spend money to achieve the things that you want to achieve. It's much harder to because you're worried that if you do and you spend that money to, on the, to put yourself in a position at some point to make more money at an undisclosed period of time is that then there's not going to be more money for some reason coming behind that and you're going to have nothing. And that can be having nothing, you know, can mean some serious consequences in life, right? Um, but the problem is, is that sometimes to grow your business, to put yourself in a position where you can make more money, to acquire knowledge, to acquire the necessary experience, you have to spend money. Building a business requires risk. If you are not okay with risk, you cannot be successful. It's just an inherent, inherent in business is that you must carry the risk that things will not be good in some way. And it's hard. And like I say, you don't have to lose the fear of doing that, but you just have to be able to do it anyway. And so for me, I think how that, how that mindset changed from money is scarce to there is always more money available if I need it in the world was simply by selling something. So I think one of the number one skills that any human being can learn is how to sell something. 
how to look at a product, whether that's a physical product, an information product, a service, a product, and say, I can sell that to another person in exchange for something, usually money. I think that is one of the number one skills that a human being can have. And it's unfortunately not something we're taught at school or university for that matter. Um, it's something that you only really learn outside of those areas and you only really learn by doing it. And so I think for anybody, once you make your first sale, even just your first sale, your mindset around money starts to shift only in a small way in the beginning. It's not like a massive thing in the beginning, but it starts to shift. You start to believe more and more that you can make more money happen in your life. Now, I'm not saying just, I'm not one of these people that thinks you just have to will it and think of abundance and at some point it will happen. Now, you make it happen by doing. And the thing you need to do is make one sale. I think so, you know, if you're at the start of the journey, if you're there, I want to make my first business. I want to launch my first business. I want to, you know, get started. The number one priority for you is to make your first sale. Just make one sale. Get there, I think, as quickly as you can. Right. So if we're talking about high ticket dropshipping businesses like we do on this podcast, you know, you don't need your website to be fantastic. You don't need to have 50 suppliers on board before you launch. You don't have to have hundreds of products on your site before you launch. You just need your website to be good enough. You just need to have some products. You just need to have a supplier and you can try and start making your first sale. Because when you make your first sale, it's then easier to make your second sale. And you make a couple of sales and you start to believe just inherently you just start to believe different things about what's possible about money about customers about your ability to produce more money for yourself for your business for your family whatever it is right you just you might not even notice it in the beginning, but I promise you, your mindset starts to change at that point. And the more you do that, the more you realize um, how much money there is out there for you. And so now, you know, for me, if I run into a position where I am short of money, and this has happened a few times in the last 10 years, you know, I've owed, you know, I've had mistakes on my tax and I've owed the tax office money. Um, you know, I've had big expenses in life that I've had to cover and it's just caught me a bit cash short. And, you know, I don't want to move assets or assets are too slow to move to get that cash. And I'm left with this thought of, well, I need more money. And I need it quickly. I always know that I can do that because I know how to sell stuff. I know that I can go and do something in a relatively short space of time to sell more of whatever I sell. I can do it if I really need to. I can push hard. I know how it works. I understand that. And so I don't believe that money is, is, is scarce anymore. And so, but the first step is just to sell one thing. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking, 
you know, I don't believe that I can make all this money. I don't believe that I can make millions and millions of dollars. I want to, but I don't believe it. You don't have to right now. Just make one sale. Make one sale and you'll believe you can make two. Make two sales, you believe you can make four. It compounds, it gets bigger and bigger. And in five years, you'll believe you can do anything. Number nine, you can't know it all before you do it. So we get this one a lot from people who are, we see this mindset a lot from people who are looking to get started in business. I need to know everything before I start. I need to acquire all the knowledge I can before I do anything because I think that in acquiring knowledge, I will be able to assess whether I can do that thing or not, whether that thing works or not, and what's best for me. That's all bullshit. That's all wrong. One, there is just so much information out there. If you wait until you've consumed it all, it will be years down the track and you will have done nothing. Two, a lot of information out there is just incorrect or contradictory or wrong. It's not going to help you. You, you, you just need to do it. You just need to dive in and do it, right? You need a minimum amount of knowledge before you start something because you learn the most in life by doing things, not by reading books, not by consuming podcasts, not by watching YouTube videos. Learn as you go. Learn when you need to learn things because you're actually doing them. The opportunity cost of taking long a long time to learn stuff before you do it is massive. If you sit there consuming content for a year, rather than do, just getting started and doing it, just diving in, you're already way behind. Your time, while I talked about, yes, people have a lot of time and it's okay to spend more time than you think doing things. I didn't say learning things when I talked about time without doing. Time is still finite. It is your most precious resource. Money is not your most precious resource. Diamonds are not the most precious resource. There is nothing more valuable than your time, aside maybe your health, right? Health and time, right? There's a bit of an interrelation between those two. So, you know, giving up a year of your life to only read books and not put anything into action is, is meaningless. That is a complete waste of your time. Reading books, listening to podcasts is fantastically valuable if you're implementing at the same time. You read 10 books, I guarantee you, you won't remember the content of the first book you read anyway, much less implement it. So if you're sitting there and you're listening to this podcast and you've been listening to this podcast for the last six months and you haven't done anything yet, I mean, I love you and I appreciate you listening to this podcast, but what the fuck are you doing? Get started. You've already wasted six months. You could have started a business listening to the first 10 episodes of this podcast, right? Um, you could have started at least working towards a business off that. Uh, you don't need to listen to 250 whatever episodes we're up to. I think we're further than that um, of this show before you start a business. That's not going to have helped you. Half the stuff we've talked about won't even help you until you'll forget about it. You won't even help you until you're six months into a business. What's the point of listening to that now? It's really not helping you. The most important thing always is just doing, even if you don't know what you're doing. Sounds contradictory. I know. I get it. Um, 
but you just need to start and you, you can never know it all. Right? I've been doing this for 10 years, running high ticket dropshipping businesses as well as other types of businesses, online and offline. I don't know it all. I'm still learning things. You know, I'm still learning things every day. Uh, and so I don't wait to know things. When I thought about, oh, I want to, when I started the predecessor to dropship breakthrough, which was, uh, you know, selling information products, helping people to, you know, uh, learn and understand how to build a high ticket dropshipping business. Um, I didn't learn how to sell online courses first. I just started making a course. I just started recording videos. I started reaching out to people who I thought might be interested and told them about it even before it was even made, right? I just dove in and did it. If I had have waited until I'd, you know, learnt it all and I'd constructed everything and it was all perfect and blah, blah, it took me nearly three years to build this business. If I had have waited to do all of that before I put it out to people, I would have lost three years of doing nothing, of no results in that three years, you know, we made decent money. I would have had to wait three years to get that. So it's it just take action. Just get started. You're going to feel if you're that person who thinks they need to know it all they, or you want to know it all, or you doubt that you know enough, you're going to feel a lot of resistance to that. So just start with small things. Just start. Like if you've been thinking about it, just open a Shopify account and fuck around. Play around with it. Start doing something. You just need to take small steps in the beginning, right? Dropshipbreakthrough.com forward slash Shopify. Just get in there and play around with a Shopify account. Start actually doing something. Start trying to build a website. You're learning while you're doing. This is the most important thing. When people join our program, Dropship Breakthrough, we don't say to people, hey, man, what you need to do is you need to go and watch all 300 plus videos in here, which would take you a really long time, and then go back and start your business because now you know it all. And we literally do teach you everything in that course, right? Like literally everything. Why would you need to know what an eight-figure dropshipper might do advanced marketing strategies that are relevant to that sort of business when you don't even have a website. What value is that? That is meaningless. It's pointless. You wouldn't even understand it anyway, even if you did read about it. So just start with the first thing, do it. Then learn something else and do it. Then learn the next step and do it. Then learn the next step and do it. Now you're making money. Learn the next step and do it. Now you're making more money. You're still learning and you're doing and you're implementing the next thing, learning the next thing. This is the way to do it. Piece by piece, bit by bit. Learn just enough to take the first step. For a high ticket dropshipping business, learn how to open a business. Go and open a company. Register your Australian business number if you're in Australia. Learn how then... Learn how to pick a niche. Pick a niche. Then learn how to set up a website. Set up your website. Build it. Don't do anything else until you've built it. Then work out what do I need to say to suppliers. How do I find suppliers? Call suppliers. Don't do any worry. Think about another single thing until you've called suppliers. Put their products on your website. Learn how to upload products. Only do that. Don't think about marketing at that point. It's irrelevant to you. Get the products on your site. You can't do the marketing until the products are on your site. So why think about it? 
then launch your first ads. Learn just how to do your first ads. Don't worry about the intricate strategies of paid advertising that you might implement in the third year of your business before you've even run your first ad. Just run that first ad. This is how, this is the way. This is how you do it. You make progress as you're learning. You don't learn before you start. So once again, if you are listening here and you've been listening for a long time and you haven't done anything, go and get our challenge. Dropship Breakthrough Challenge, which is going to teach you, it's going to do that first couple of things. Start your business, find out what you're going to sell, who your customer is going to be, what your niche is going to be. It's like $37 now. Go and do that. Do not listen to any more podcasts, please, until you've done that. Go and do that. Then you'll learn what the next step is. Then go and do that. Keep listening to the podcast while you're doing that. Number 10, last one. You will do what you believe you can do. So, and this is kind of a wrap-up one. If you don't believe you can do something, you're unlikely to do it. So if you're at the start of your journey and you want to build a million dollar business, a multi-million dollar business, a business that, you know, you could sell for millions of dollars that is going to pay you out, you know, a six-figure sum each month, which is possible, let's say, or pay you 50000 a month, 40000 a month, you know, the sort of money that the average person never achieves as an income or allows you to travel the world while you're making money or spend more time with your kids. If that's what you want, but you don't believe you can do it, it's going to increase the challenge of you doing it. You need to start believing that you can do things. You know, I haven't reached all of the goals that, well, I, I actually did reach, have reached all the goals that I set out to achieve in the beginning, but now I have new ones. They're bigger, unsurprisingly, and they're different. And they're much bigger than anything I've achieved thus far. I know I will do it. I will do it. I absolutely 100% believe that I will achieve those things at some point. I don't know what the time frame is, and I might have goals around that, but I know I'm going to do those things without a shadow of a doubt. It's going to happen. I believe that. Now, after 10 years, it's, it gets a lot easier to believe uh, believe that you can achieve things because you have a history by, by that stage of achieving things. And so it gets easier. But you need to, I think, as quickly as you can, put your thinking in a position where you believe that you can do those things that you are holding up here to do. Now, it is hard when you haven't done any of this stuff before to believe that you can do things. So what are some of the things that you could do? Um, to help you believe? Well, I think there's there's probably three things that I've found that you should do anyway, regardless of whether you believe you can do what you want to do or not. You should do these things anyway, to be honest. To, to kind of wrap all of these 10 points around mindset that I've said, um, these three things um, in different ways can help you. So the first is I, so the first is repetition. If you want to believe something, repeat it to yourself over and over and over and over and over again, and you will start to believe it. Um, and so one of the uh, practices of repetition 
uh, is um, that, that I think helps or has helped me is the Vivid Vision exercise. So there's a book called Vivid Vision. Uh, it's by a man named Cameron Herald. Uh, it's a very popular book in business and entrepreneurial circles. Uh, it's a short book. Uh, I would very much recommend that you read that book if you've never read it before. You'll find it anywhere books are sold, I, I believe. Um, and it takes you basically through an exercise, a thing that you write down, your vivid vision, which is a vision of where you want your business to be, what you want a business that you're responsible for, you own to look like in the future, at some point in the future. And you can do different timeframes with this. You also do it for your personal life. If you've got a partner or somebody you share your personal life with, you can do it with them or you can do it by yourself. Um, and that book takes you through an exercise. And at the end of that exercise, and we do a version of this in, in our Dropship Breakthrough program as well, you will have written down, I like to write these things on paper, right? Um, a few pages, you know, which is going to be your vision of what all this is going to look like, of what you want it to look like, of what all those goals will look like in practice um, and you actually step it out in some detail uh, and then you keep that i have this I've, I've been doing this for years i still do it and i read this regularly and while i find it easier to believe things about myself now than i did in the beginning i find that sort of practice where you step out what where you want to go and then you consume that every day make it at the start of your day Get up and read that thing. Read it 365 times and you're more likely to believe it. Even if you haven't achieved it yet, even if you haven't seen it, you'll start to believe. You're just, you're training your mind to believe that that's what's going to happen. So that's one thing. The second way I think that you can believe more about what's possible and what you can achieve is by spending time with people who have done that thing or who have reached the level of success, whatever that means for you, that you would like to achieve. Uh, and the reason why I think that helps is because when you actually spend time with people, and I don't mean like just watching their content on YouTube or something like that, but actually putting yourself in a situation where you interact with those people um, in a bit more of a real way, um, is you start to see that the people who have done the things that you want to do didn't do anything special. They are not anyone special in the sense that they have attributes or things that you can't do or know or develop or become. And this is something that helped me. Uh, hanging around with people who are achieving things I wanted to achieve made me see and realize that, huh, they've just been doing it for longer than me. And yes, they were, they were doing the right thing, sure. Like you have to have the right strategies and the right practices. But these days, none of that stuff is secret. None of that stuff is things that you cannot know. So when you see people implementing those things that you know you need to implement and you see them getting the results that you know you want to achieve and you get, kind of get to know them even a little bit, you realize, oh, there's not actually something special or hidden and I'm very much like them, right? I can do that. 
you know, and so if you've been listening to this podcast, you've probably heard mine and Ben's stories. You can go back and listen to those again. You know, they're at the start of the podcast, our early episodes. We talk about our stories. Ben, you know, when he started his first business was a forklift driver in, in a Walmart distribution center. You know, I was just working a fairly standard kind of corporate type career in an office cubicle. Nothing special going on there, guys, right? Uh, really nothing special going on there. And yet, you know, over time, we've got to where we've got to, which is a place a lot of people who are in the place where we started now would like to be. If you spent time with me and Ben, you would come away from that realizing, well, yes, those guys probably do think a bit differently to me, um, but they're really just kind of average guys. There is nothing special doing here, right? You can do everything that we've done. It is within almost anyone's reach. Um, and when you see that, it then makes it easier to believe that you can also do it because you've seen somebody who's just like you come from the same sort of place as you do it. And so that doesn't mean you have to hang out with me and Ben <laughs> if you're looking to do it in the high ticket dropshipping space. Get like, but you do have to go out and seek those opportunities out. Join communities, whether it's online, whether it's face to face, go to live events, go to business conferences, um, join, you know, paid memberships, you know, where you get a community, dropship breakthrough. We have a great uh, elite membership group that is in it. We've got a Slack workspace. People are sharing their wins. You can go in there and literally see, I don't, there's probably over hundreds of stories posted in there now of people who are hit, kicking the goals and, and hitting the wins that we all wanted to hit. And you see that every day. And then you can go and meet some of those people and then you can get on phone calls with them and you could get in a little mastermind with other people and start to really see that the people who are doing those things, they're also just like you. And your belief starts to lift when you do that. You start to believe that you can do more than you might think you can do. And that makes it so much more likely that you will do the things that you need to do in order to be successful. That's why the belief is important because once you believe that you can reach a goal, you will also take all of the actions that you need to in order to get there. And so I hope that's the end of the list. That was 10 in 10 years, 10 from 10 years, a long episode. This might actually be one of our longest ever episodes. Uh, there is a lot there. And to be honest, there is probably a lot more I could say. I needed to keep that fairly <laughs> within the realms of not being ridiculous. I hope this was helpful for you. If you disagree with me, that's absolutely fine. Um, my hope, as I said at the start in sharing these things with you, was just that you would have a think about this. Um, and maybe for some people, there would be some things in here that you could pull out and say, I need to go and work on that. Or I need to explore that further. Or I need to find ways that I can do this. I wanted to bring this to the front of your mind if you're somebody who listens to our podcast. Um, and so, you know, what do you do next from here? Well, I mean, if you've heard things on here that you have triggered you to think, well, I really need to do something about that or I should make all of this a priority, um, there are so many ways you can do that. Like I said, you should be prepared to invest something into this. 
Um, doesn't have to be a lot in the beginning. It can be something that you build up over time. Um, it could be that you work with somebody to help you with certain fears that you experience or resistance that you have in life to certain things or dealing with um, how you react and respond to past experiences that have happened you know, occurred to you in your lifetime that may be affecting how you do things today. You may work with someone directly to do that. If you need to, you know, reach out to Ben or I. We can suggest ways that you can do that for sure. It might be that you need to go out and proactively find some friends who do what you want to do, who do, you know, if you want to do high-ticket dropshipping, who do high-ticket dropshipping? Come and join Dropship Breakthrough. We have a massive community. We have an awesome community, great people, friendly people. Join our elite membership, you know, hang out in our Slack workspace. Come to our live events. We're doing one in, in the US again this year, 2024. There'll be more to follow after that, no doubt. Come to a live event, make some friends, hang out with some people. You know, there are so many other things that you can go to, groups you can join, things you can do. Find other people who are striving to achieve the same things in life that you want to or already have and just talk to them, hang out, you know, spend some time and you will find, I think, that, you know, a lot of the mindset shifts that you need to make to help you become more successful will start to happen just because you see other people who have done it before, you hear other people who have done it before or are doing it, talking about those things, sometimes even just sitting down with people who, struggle with the same things you struggle with and just who are at your level and talking with them just makes it easier to deal with having that connection. So I think, you know, that, that literally one of the best uh, read books, by all means, read books about this stuff, about mindset, about different ways of thinking. If you never have um, just make sure you implement the action items as you learn them, right? Make sure you do the things that, might change it. I mean, you can start at that level. Buying a book costs very little. You can do that. Borrow it from the library. Do whatever you need to do. Start small and uh, take bigger and bigger steps towards uh, improving the how and what you think about. Thanks for your time. We'll talk real soon. Thanks for listening to the Dropship Podcast. You can find all the show notes for this episode at dropshippodcast.com. And if you're ready to take the next step in your dropshipping journey, we invite you to join us inside Dropship Breakthrough, where John and I will walk you through step-by-step -step in starting your own high-ticket dropshipping e-commerce business. But that's not all. Dropship Breakthrough will also teach you everything you'll need to know to grow your business and take it to the next level. So head over to dropshipbreakthrough.com and sign up for our free training that will help you take the first steps towards building and growing your own profitable high-ticket dropshipping business.